listen to that buttery intro music, it's our favorite thing in the world. Uh, I love it every time I listen to it. Folks, uh, as I'm sure you've discovered from reading the episode descriptions, uh, this is Zig uh, signing in this week for another episode of The Dark Weeb. Of course, I am by myself because uh, Birdie unfortunately couldn't make it because he is shooting his movie that he has been talking about for the past uh, couple of episodes. Uh, if you just first time tuning in, uh, my co-host, Brody Reed, lovely light-skinned goth king that he is, he uh, has finished funding for a short film that he is he that he helped co-write, and he's also uh, starring in, and that is a shooting while uh, during the normal time that we would normally be doing an episode. And also a little bit of uh, info for me, uh, we usually try to bank these episodes a couple of weeks ahead, uh, but unfortunately I have also been a little busy boy. Um, outside of producing like, you know, podcasts, normally my day-to-day job, I've also picked up a writing gig and I've been writing on a, a TV show that I, I don't know if I can talk about it yet, but we'll talk about it at some point in the future. It's a fun show. Um, it definitely aligns with all the nerdy shit, uh, nerdy black shit that we love on this show. So in lieu of having uh, a co-host Brody, as well as ha- having a guest, I thought I'd do something different. It something a little special. Um, you guys have always been out there in the, in the listener verse. have always been super nice as far as like giving us feedback and like really digging the show. Uh, so I figured I can give you guys a little bit of a mini episode. It's not the full thing, not the full experience, but it is a little thing checking in because uh, as of this recording, uh, D23 just happened this weekend and there's a lot of stuff to unpack. So uh, we'll unpack a little bit of this from this of this episode and uh well maybe i don't know maybe i'll hit you with another mini episode at the end of the week to make up for the time that we didn't give you a full episode anyway folks diving directly in uh so much stuff happened this weekend this was d23 uh for those who don't know d23 is sort of the disney uh sh- uh like uh, industrial showcase where they show about all their upcoming events, not only film and television, but also amusement parks. Uh, you know, they're a monopoly, so they own everything, and they have a lot of stuff to uh, come off and show uh, because of that. Uh, well, just starting off with, like, only focusing on, you know, just the the Marvel properties. Oh, my goodness. Um, oh, wait, before I even get into that, oh, my God, I'm so scatterbrained. This is what happens when you do an episode by yourself. Let me check in with myself and tell you guys what I've been doing this week, what I've been watching. Uh Got to say, just finished the last episode of Demon Slayer, and folks, it slapped so hard. Uh, I didn't think they could get, they could go above and beyond what they did when Tanjiro and Nezuko teamed up together as brother and sister and murked a, a certain lower five demon. But boy, did it just get even better! It's a great show. I also finished Cannon Busters on Netflix. Cannon Busters by Lashawn Thomas. Uh, he's a uh, uh, an animator, uh, uh, predominantly a black animator, who uh, has worked his way up through uh, the um, uh, manga industry in Japan. He also has uh, he's also a comic book artist, and he dropped his uh, his series Cannon Busters, which I I I I am I would be remiss if I didn't mention how great it is. But also, I want to have Brody on to talk about how much we love it, and also we may be having an episode dedicated to Cannon Busters that I'm teasing right now with maybe, I don't know, some 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 members, some cast members from the show. I don't know. I'm just throwing it out there. We're teasing it. We'll get back to it. But show, but guys, it's so good. It's so uh, fantastic seeing, um, a, really seeing a black creator create a show that, uh, you know, covers a large swath of different types of black people um, and dark skinned people in general. Um, some great representation as far as like having just different skin tones, but also having, you know, characters that have uh, vitiligo, which is very interesting. I feel like I, I don't think I've ever seen um, too many anime that, that uh, touch on uh, black people that have that. And that's just pretty cool seeing that. Um, 
But as I said, we'll dive in deeper into that when Brody returns from set. So just kicking off D23. Boy, so much stuff to unpack. All right. So first off the back, Disney came out swinging hard for the Disney Plus. Like that seems to be what they've anchored uh, a majority of their panels around. Like not that many film announcements. Like you get a little bit of like Black Panther 2 dropping May 6th in 2020. Uh, but I'd say majority of their focus was uh, television, which I'm pretty interested in. Uh, also, for those out there who don't know, uh, D, uh, Disney Plus is, will be their streaming platform, sort of compared to competitor, uh, as, should, as I should say, to uh, Hulu, Netflix, Amazon Prime, Crunchyroll, all those type of platforms. Uh, an interesting thing that I heard about, or saw a tweet about, rather, over the weekend was that the release strategy is going to be weekly. Uh, I don't know if that's true or not. That's what I read. But I guess it would make sense. Um, these shows, from what I have seen uh, trailer-wise, uh, seems pretty high-budgeted, and it would make sense that they would want to keep um, you know, their viewers and users coming back week to week as opposed to binging everything all at once, dipping out, and then coming back when, for, when their next season drops. Anyway, as I was saying, a new poster and artwork for Falcon and their Winter Soldier. Uh, we see our boy, uh, the Falcon got a new setup. We see our boy Winter Soldier has a new setup. Uh, it looks like more traditional into the uh, Ed uh, Baker uh, run with he has like his like little straight one suit and short hair, short hair. We stand as short hair, Winter Soldier King. Also, some stuff that I was stoked about. Apparently, U.S. Agent's going to be in the series. Uh I don't know. I'm. I don't know how many people are stoked about that, but I definitely uh, have memories of playing Marvel vs. Capcom uh, back on the Dreamcast and being super stoked when I would see U.S. Agent. He was like the cool looking version of what I thought at the time of Captain America with his black, red, and white setup and his cool shield, and he was like the badass Captain America who didn't take no gruff. Of course, this was you know 20 years ago, so now of course we have a greedy Captain America. But I stand a U.S. Agent King. You are seen King, and we stand you. And we have a new poster for. For uh, Black Widow, which, you know, is a movie that has been in the making. It should have come out years ago, but it's finally dropping out. Uh, we have some cool things hopping off in that. We finally get to see uh, the Red Guardian with his big bushy glory and all his big bushy glory. Also, one of my personal favorite characters, Taskmaster, apparently is going to be the main antagonist. We get to see uh, what hit their take, uh, the Marvel Universe's take on his costuming is. And I got to say, it works. Um I, I've, it's very wild to be in a space and a time where we're getting villains like the Taskmaster and we're getting Red Guardian, U.S. Agent are going to be people that are going to be popping up in main uh, in main superhero movies. Like, I truly hitting the C and D list, not in a bad way, but like I think they're pretty deep grabs, uh, content wise um, and character wise for 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 Marvel to be basing properties around. So it's really cool seeing that. I am very curious to see how Taskmaster's powers are shown in the film. Uh, for those who don't know, he is a, I believe they call it photographic reflexes or something like that. Basically, if he sees a move, he can copy it. Uh, and that was my impression of Taskmaster from Marvel vs. Capcom 3. Not very good. But if he sees a move, he can, he can copy it. So he can shoot and aim like Hawkeye and he has uh, the ability to throw and shield and fight like Captain Marvel and or Captain America rather and I'm assuming he can also copy the moves and fight in the style of uh, our own Natasha Romanoff Black Widow so very very excited to see see the trailer when it drops and also see the film uh, I'm uh, I'm so stoked that Taskmaster is going to be 
brought the film. And I'm also very curious to see what their ver- version of the Red Guardian is like, what his power set will be, and also how David Harbinger like, brings that character to life. A big, bearded, th- uh, th- thick Russian-accented king. We see you, king. We stand you. Um, also, some new crazy announcements from Marvel, which it seems like they're just swinging for the fence. They're like, yo, we have... We have a near limitless supply of properties to pull from, so we're just going to fucking go out swinging. We got announcements for She-Hulk. We got announcements for Miss Marvel. Uh, and we also have announcements for Moon Knight. I never in a, thou- never in a thousand years would have pegged uh, Moon Knight getting his own series. So I'm. Uh, I, this is a character that I only – that I've never read any of his um, – individual comics i've only seen him when he appeared in other ones but i'm very curious to see what their take on moon knight will be who from what i my understanding is and what i've gleaned from reading reading from him in books is that you know he's sort of like marvel's answer to, to batman only you know he's gritty so he ha- he's somehow grittier where i believe he has like multiple personalities i think that was the the setup for his character i think that he was like blessed by like some egyptian god right if i'm right or wrong i don't know if for listeners that are more familiar with that character, please reach out and hit us up at darkweepod at Twitter or at darkweepod on Instagram or at darkweepod at Gmail and let me know. Because I honestly don't know that much about him outside of what I've read in a couple of comics. Um, but She-Hulk, I wonder what they're going to do with that. Uh, I'm, uh, you know, She's also another character who I didn't read much of her individual runs, but... I was a big fan of her uh, and crossover events and seeing her appear in other stories. Also, from what I remember, I feel like maybe towards, um, I feel like she also had that sort of approach to breaking the fourth wall like Deadpool, um, which I think was pretty fun. And I'm very curious to see if they bring that to the television series. Mm, I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm very excited for this run. And it, it feels like they're definitely going to be uh, Marvel is definitely going to be entering the televisual space pretty hard now. And it's also uh, exciting to see how all these things cross over with their film universes, since they're all establishing that they're going to be taking place in the same universe. So will we get to see Moon Knight, Moon Knight, and? Uh, in court with uh, with uh, with uh, Kamala defending uh, Kamala Miss Marvel defending uh, as, as his witness and She Hulk luring up. Who knows? Maybe we'll see. Um, they also unveiled the Eternals costumes. Uh, this is as I've said in, in past episodes. I'm not super familiar with the Eternals. Like I read, um, I, I th- ooh, ooh, I'm not sure who did. Uh, the run, but they did a run in the early aughts that I read uh, maybe a week or so ago, which uh, it was, you know, coming in, not knowing much about the characters. Uh, I'm sure I could have gleaned a lot more from it, but it was a fun run. It was interesting seeing these characters with this power set. They seem, uh, you know, uh, very, very strong. Uh, and they have uh, unique abilities. Like you have, you know, the speedster, you have, um, you have like their sort of, uh, I call it the Flyboy. Is like a the Superman pastiche. Uh, I'm very curious to see like how these characters interact with one another. I'm also curious to see uh, how like they're worked into the the frame of like Marvel's history, cinematic wise. Like, have they always been there? It's one of those things where like the comic book series where everyone was sort of in this like sort of state of. Uh, uh, like they had their memories erased and they're just rediscovering themselves. I don't know. I'm very curious to see. But costumes look fire. Uh, I was just noticing that I was just wondering how difficult it is to get in all these 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 
this wardrobe. Like they're all so seamless, and that seems to be one of the defining traits of the Marvel costuming: seamless entry into those costumes. Uh, we also had the announcement of uh, Kit Harrington, aka Jon Snow, as another deep pull from the Marvel universe as the the Black Knight. Uh, this again, another character that I I don't even I'm sure he's had a, a solo series, but. For those who who maybe don't know, and this is just me trying to refresh my memory of the Black Knight because I have literally not read a uh, comic with him in maybe a decade. Uh, I want to say he was in maybe like a World War Hulk crossover. Uh, maybe I don't know. But for those who don't know, he's a he's a, a excellent swordsman, and I feel like he had like a like a special like motorcycle maybe, or maybe he had like a, like a flying, <laughs> a flying horse. I don't remember exactly. Uh, it's been so long. Also, I think he may have been in Marvel zombies. Um, but yeah, so he has like a special sword. I think that um, like he can like basically cut through anything. And I think he's probably uh, an excellent hand hand combat dude. That seems to be from what I remember. Uh, and also me, he may or may not have a rad motorcycle or flying horse. I don't know. Uh, I guess we'll f- I'll find out when I have to do more research about him. Uh, also, this is moving out of the uh, the the Star uh, Star Wars. Sorry, this is moving out of the Marvel universe into the Star Wars universe. We had the the first trailer for the Mandalorian, uh, which I have to say, for uh, this is the first live action television series that Star Wars has done. I gotta say. Uh, Cinematography wise, like it holds up. It seems to be a lot of uh, anamorphic lensing. Uh, uh, you know, the 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 sets uh, have a nice balance between. We can't have a million characters on screen because we don't have the budget, but also not everything is just empty. It's not just two guys uh, sitting uh, talking back and forth. Also, for whatever reason, they managed to get Werner Herzog, who says, put down your blasters, which, uh, again, if you would have told me 10 years ago that we would have Werner Herzog talking to a Mandalorian and telling them to put down their blasters, I would have called you crazy. Uh, I'm very excited to see this. It seems like um, from what I remember, from what I've been reading about uh, the talent pool attached to Mandalorian, there's going to be some uh, some really talented uh, directors that a uh, personal fan of. I think uh, Taika Waititi is going to be directing a couple episodes, um, uh, or maybe just one episode. I don't know. I'm not sure. Uh, Pedro Pascal also plays the Mandalorian, so that's dope. It's nice seeing some people of color in what has traditionally been, I think. Uh, all could agree a pretty white galactic space as far as having leads. Like, you know, you had Obi-Wan, you have Lando Calrissian, uh, but like with the last couple of releases, like Rogue One, we finally had some Latin, like some Latinx um, representation and some Asian um, representation. So it's nice seeing that tradition sort of carried over into uh, the televisual space. So I'm very excited for that. And I can't wait for, uh, for Mandalorian to drop. You know, I don't usually stand large corporations, but you know what? I'm going to be, I think I'm going to be there uh, November 12th, Disney Plus when it drops. I'm going to, I'm going to hop on there. Also, other big news as we sort of transition out of uh, from news about the House of Mouse, Spidey-Man is out of the Marvel Universe, it seems like. Uh, uh, for those who, I'm sure everyone has been, anyone who listens to this podcast has been, I'm sure, in these streets, on the tweets, uh, and the Instagrams, reading all that info. But it seems like as of uh, this recording that uh, Spider-Man is officially out. Um, 
I believe um, Tom Holland, the titular Spider-Man, made a statement saying, uh, and I'm paraphrasing that, uh, it, it'll be different, but it's been he's enjoyed experiences and he's excited to make uh, new and different things uh, with the Sony versions of Spider-Man. So I'm very uh, gonna, I'm interested in seeing how uh, Sony's now uh, demarried uh, or divorced from the Marvel Universe how they're going to sort of lampshade all the where's Mr. Stark at he's gone or like we can't call the Avengers uh, remember the time I met the Hulk nope that's gone uh, I'm also <laughs> interested to see uh, how Marvel approaches it I mean they obviously have you know a, a larger well to pull from when it comes to character uh, characters to replace him and also you know I think that Creatively, uh, I definitely. I mean, obviously, it doesn't. It can go without saying that. I think creatively, Marvel has sort of, uh, you know, perfected their formula. Like they know what works. They have a really good creative team um, when it comes to figuring the figuring out how these heroes work, um, how they interact with one another, and uh, you know how to tell a an expansive storyline that spreads out like a comic book across several different franchises and platforms and works them all together and also show these characters in a way that feels like a comic book, but also feels like a movie. Uh, anyway, there's tons of people have said this and made this observation. I'm not breaking any new ground for that. But uh, as I said, a lot of stuff happened this weekend and we got to get this content out, baby. Uh, so like uh, as we are winding down here, I want to end things with uh, uh, some listener mail or rather a singular listener mail uh, from Matthew Sanchez. We mentioned uh, him a couple of weeks ago. Uh, he's the one that's doing those really cool um, uh, translation of, of uh, our, uh, Japanese tabletop RPGs. I believe the name of his uh, his group was Kododama. I think was I believe that was uh, the name of the the the, the cool uh, business that he runs with his homie that does that. But he sent this out about our Lone Wolf and Cup episode. Quote. Um, Hey, thanks so much for the shout out. I hope you enjoy the books when they arrive. I love the Lone Wolf episode. The younger brother of the star, Katsu Shintaro, oh sorry, Shintaro, also worked on several Zaitachi movies, including Zaitachi meets Yojimbo, etc. But you should check out the great Hanzo the Razor movies. Ah, you know that's actually been in my queue um, for a, a while now. I remember Tarantino talked about how uh, Hanzo the Razor was an influence. Um, actually. It was an influence on Kill Bill, but also I believe the Atari Hanzo in that movie, and and Tarantino's mind was a descendant of the Hanzo the Razor, the the Atari Hanzo from Hanzo the Razors. I think that's true. If that's not right, you know, you can send me some, send us corrections, baby. We're all about you know learning, learning ourselves up, and correcting ourselves. But I believe that's I believe the Atari Hanzo in Kill Bill is a descendant of the. Hattori Hanzo and Hanzo the Razor. Anyway, uh, Hanzo the Razor movies about a detective in Edo that has questionable interrogation techniques. They're over the top as Lone Wolf. Ooh, boy, that's a bold claim. I can't wait to check that out because that movie, those movies are wild. Uh, the 60s and 70s had tons of great cult films. You might want to check out Suzuki Shinji's, I'm uh, no, sorry, Suzuki Seijun stuff. I recommend Tokyo Drifter for a great Yakuza flick. Ooh, I bet. I mean, I'm almost 100% positive that Brody is, has gone all up in the Tokyo Drifter series, but I'll definitely check out uh, Sunji Suzuki. He sounds very familiar. I feel like I have probably uh, seen some of his films, um, but uh, if not, I'll definitely, uh, I definitely will add add him um, 
to to the repertoire of things to check out. Um, last, lastly, I think a modern lone wolf would be great if done by someone like Takashi Miike. Ooh, ooh, damn, yo, damn, that is all right. I'm, I'm I'm fucking with you. All right, I'm with this. I I'm I I can see it. I can see the vision. That's a really good pitch. Ooh, I bet he could do a really good job. Did you see his version of Blade of the Immortals from last year? I did. It's fantastic. We will definitely do an episode about that, Matthew. Uh, I think he literally kills 100 dudes in a single scene. That's right, he does in the very first scene, the titular first scene. Uh, he he murks a hundred guys. It's in black and white. It's crazy. So it's possible Lone Wolf could get the same treatment. Heck, because I taught you starring Beat Takashi wasn't off. That's true. That was also a good movie. Anyway, thanks again for another good episode. Have a week, Matt. Well, thank you, Matt, for hitting us up. Um, I definitely need to break down. I need to break down this conversation with with Brody because I feel like he has some really good thoughts. Uh, really good pitch. I would love to see Takeshi Miike do a lone wolf uh, styled movie. Also, now that you bring it up, we got to just add doing a Takeshi, Takashi Miike uh either episode or maybe a couple episodes uh, to the repertoire episode bank to do for uh, uh, the dark weep because he has made some fantastic films and uh, Brody and I are both big stands of his. Uh, well, uh, folks, um, it's about that time looking at the clock. We did it, right? It's not a full episode. There wasn't a guest, and unfortunately, Brody wasn't here, but we did it. We did a mini episode. And like I said, uh, there's a good chance we'll probably do another one at the end of the week, uh, provided I'm not sucked back into a writer's room. Uh, as always, you can catch us at Dark Weeb Pod across all social media platforms, and you can check us out at darkweebpod at gmail.com for any of your thoughts, concerns, or comments, or if you want to send us corrections or suggestions, hit us up there. I am uh, Cody Ziegler. You can find me at Yay for Zig across all social media platforms, and A Bro Bro. That's Brody Reads across all social media platforms. Thanks again for listening. Have a week.